Welcome to the Trash Cats Trash Cast. I'm Richard. I'm Steven. And today we're going to talk about why dumb people burn crosses and what happens when you question the church. Also, a thousand years ago, a conflicted priest began burning crosses, and today we're going to investigate why. Why but did first, you do that? Why would you do it? What a maniac. <laughs> Absolute mad lad. Yeah. Uh, Steven, how was your week? It's not going to be fun. It's going to be fucking rad. <laughs> it's going to be rad. <laughs> My week's been okay, man. Today was kind of dumb. I, I, you know, woke up early, drove an hour to go to this job, was uh, changing a pool liner. We get there, and uh, the the dig has like two and a half inches of water from that storm. Ooh. From when we were recording in the eye of the hurricane. <laughs> All that water was still there from last week. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. It was like pancake batter, you know? Oh boy! I was like, and I understand because, and I bet that's real good for pool setting, right? You you just can't do it if it's too much water, and people like don't get that, or they just want their stuff done. So it's like, you know, we, you know, wasted an entire afternoon for no money, but it's the way she goes sometimes, you know. The fucking way she goes, boys. The way she goes, so you know. Just wasting time, losing money on jobs, but while applying for new shit, the cat's doing great though. We uh, good. We released Grisha to the full house today, so she's been running. Right now, she is sleeping in here, so she makes noise. I'll let her out, but she's she's a free little kitten now. It's been fun. <laughs> uh, working on some art, and then uh, I got a quick shout out. I've mentioned her before, but my uh, my neighbor Diane. The old lady lives up the hill. I was mm-hmm. talking to her because there's been this loose cat in the neighborhood. My whole life revolves around cats. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, It fucking bubbles over here. <laughs> yeah. We were looking for this stray cat, and uh, I, she had this beautiful classical music playing, and it, we started talking about music, and it turns out her roommate is a classical music and jazz re- professional reviewer. Like she really? writes for magazines and like has a blog and like even p- like Penn and Teller. <laughs> like I forget which one. <laughs> Dude, what which one? Penn and Teller, the magicians. One of them's a musician, and like he paid her to review his album. Like so. Like, wow, that's awesome. Actually, <laughs> it's pretty cool. So they have like hundred. They have CDs being delivered every week, and she just like gave me a cachet of like. A hundred classical albums. Oh my god, that's fucking awesome. She apparently she has thousands. So she's like, whatever you want, whatever you find interesting, just let me know. I'll make you lists. I'll give you a copy. So it's like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's Imme- immediately. What are you laughing you, about? <laughs> I was laughing because as you're saying this, I was like, oh man, that'd be so cool to get this person. Like, you know, maybe we could have them as a guest on the show. Oh, Diane. You know, when we start doing guests, and then I was thinking like. <gasps> Oh no, this person's like way overqualified to be on our podcast, our fucking knucklehead uh, dum dum podcast. It would be cool. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and, you know the my my kind aunt and uncle, my my kind of uncle that I do the landscaping for, dude. Mm-hmm. He rec- he's a sound engineer. He plays piano like six hours a day. He recorded uh the Chili Peppers and Bootsy Collins. Oh shit! So I know all these people that are—they're so cool to talk to, man. They know all these stories. I love it. <laughs> just, like, just, just asking them episodes about. So have you ever seen two girls, one cup? <laughs> you want to be on our trash cast? 
Does he want to be on our show? Um, so I don't know, man. It's been a it's been a goofy week, uh, but doing okay. Just trying to work on art, and get some cool shit done, but doing all right. How about you, man? Uh, my week's been fantastic. Yeah, you've uh, had you've been all over the map. You've had great been, news and bad news, right? It's been a it's been a firm roller coaster. <laughs> I started off the week strong. Um, my my day off with a uh a nice uh um kidney stone. That <laughs> well, here here's here's how it progressed for me. It sure. was real dull, kind of ache pain in like my stomach area, like my lower abdomen, and I thought, well. Usually when I get a kidney stone, I, like I didn't even process as a kidney stone at this point, because usually it starts, you know, in my back by my kidneys okay. or like in my sides or something. Yeah. Um, this was like more like in the center of my stomach. And I was like, I, I thought it was just really bad gas, which I've had some pretty crippling gas pain before, <laughs> you know? So, and I was like, man, this really fucking sucks. So I'm like, you know, trying to like. I'm doing jumping jacks and shit. I'm trying to like, you know, do what you got to do to work out gas. And, and then it like, it just doesn't go away. And I'm like, okay, well, fuck. Um, you know, maybe it's a kidney stone. Like eventually like hours later, I'm like, well, maybe it's also a kidney stone or, you know, instead. So I, I'm drinking guzzling water at this point and it's not going away. And I'm like, on the toilet constantly. I'm fucking playing D and D on roll twenty with these people, and I'm like in the fetal position. You know, at one point, someone even brought up like you know a lot of shitty camera angles going on with everyone's webcams, and they were like, "Oh yeah, I wasn't even paying attention to it." And I was like, "I'm in the fetal position. I'm like, like arms, like shoulders to my knees." Like trying to like hold off this pain right now. That's and, like, so ridiculous. Yeah, it was real shitty. Well, it got to the point where like uh, you know the second day, then it still hurts, and I'm realizing like, oh, it's like it's but the pain is like right around where my appendix is, mm. and I'm like, oh fuck, do I have appendicitis? Do I need to go like have my fucking appendix removed? And I'll do it for you. you. Know, yeah, I'm I'm, yeah, I'll drive down the doctor, fucking Professor Steven over here. I got you, bro. And uh, gotta get them gas stones out of you. <laughs> the gas stones. <laughs> uh, really was the worst Disney villain. Um, the uh, the eventually throughout the night, like I'm, I got to work. You know, I had to work today, so I'm like, last night, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm like what am I gonna do here? Like I just, I told him like the pain was, it was tolerable enough that I could probably still work. I just might. You know, if it persists until the end of the shift, I might need my mom to come pick me up and take me up to fucking, you know, uh, urologist or some shit. Because yeah. she works up in the area where we were going to be with the truck anyway. Um, and that way I wasn't like holding him back and like he can go on about his business. Um, so, but I must have passed it last night, which was great. Um, but, you know, uh, I mentioned on the podcast, I'm sure that we, we've been looking for a new place to stay. Yeah. And my mom had found a place, um, and we she just happened to get into it, go, go see it last minute, and we got to put an offer in on it, and they accepted. So Dude. we're gonna be moving up to moving on up. Dude, it, the place is beautiful. It's fucking gigantic. It's so dope. You're gonna have a podcast studio, a carpentry yeah, place. It's gonna be off the chain, bro. Yeah. We got real lucky with this one. It is a really nice fucking crib. So dope. It's a hell of a week, man. Yeah, and it's only Wednesday, so. 
<laughs> who knows what else we got going on? About to find out. Yeah, hopefully the next the rest of the week also kind of spells out to be good stuff. I got um uh, a guy I used to work with is going to come up and um, talk to my current boss and see if he's he can work out a thing with him so he can come work with us, nice. which would be great. Um, we need the help. And then uh, I got a employee employee appreciation party for my last job for my my staff my fuck previous yeah. restaurant. I'm throwing them a barbecue. That's dope as fuck because they man. deserve it. Yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping later this week I might have a job interview. And honestly, the job kind of sucks, but it would be working remotely from home. Which, Stephen, can I give you a, a a bit of advice or a little word to the wise? Let's hear it. All jobs suck. I know, man. <laughs> Some just suck less than others. So it's very not radical. If I it's very that. not radical. <laughs> it's yeah. super not cool. Super uncool. You got any uh, honorable mentions? I do not. Before we get into this crazy topic, yeah, let's talk about these. Uh, you got some some fun honorable mentions this week. Yeah, I'll, sh- I'll do this first one. I got two of them real quick. So this first one is uh, if you check that link out, it's Richard Moeller. Um, mm-hmm. The article called him a German visionary, and it described his work as symbolism, surrealism, and romanticism play a role in the work of artist Richard Moeller. He was born in 1874 and died in 1954. He was an interwar artist whose bizarre visions towed the line between German realism and what the Nazis called degenerate art. So apparently he was a professor at um, a German college, I believe, and he, he initially was in very good... Uh, standing with the Nazi party when they took over. And he, so some people paint him as like this evil villain kind of thing, but he always, um, like his primary commitment was always his art and he did whatever art he wanted to. And later, uh, you know, the Nazis were hoarding art and deciding certain types of art like cubism, abstract even surrealism was too outside of the mainstream, and they started declaring these things as degenerate, and his later work fell into that category. Um, and I believe he was, like, fired from his school. But this dude is a, a painter, and uh, he draws as well. And, dude, his uh, pencil sketchings are gorgeous. Yeah. My, my favorite piece in particular, I brought him up, I, I sent it to you in the chat earlier, but if you just mm-hmm. Google his name, it's the one of the chameleons wrestling the naked man. Yeah, this oh is buck wild. It's this is it's I've so seen cool. I've seen uh, you know some some tentacle pieces that were more tame than this. It's so brutal. <laughs> I, I realize that by saying that I'm incriminating myself. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> I've seen porn. <laughs> Straight to the gulag. But yeah, man, I love this dude. The the drawings he's done of the, the crucifixion pieces and of the chameleon wrestling are just so gorgeous. I couldn't find the names of some of them, but we'll share those pieces for sure on the Instagram. And then this second honorable mention is a Spanish artist. And the tit- the initial title is in Spanish, but the translation is The Martyrdom 
of St. Christina. It's from 1895 by Vincente Palmaroli. I don't know how to say it. Palmaroli? That's how I would say it. Yeah, with a Spanish accent that I don't know how to do. Uh, this painting is on canvas. Uh, that he, he primarily did portraits and different genre painting, which I'm not quite sure what that means. But this piece is just fucking gorgeous, man. These oils are, they're so dreamy. Mm-hmm. It's definitely got an ethereal kind of quality to it. Yeah, the I, I don't even, I'm assuming the one sitting on the rock is St. Christina, but it's not even clear. It's not a normal like martyrdom painting where, where they're showing a death scene. It's more like, um, you know, St. Christina being visited by a flock of angels and one specifically holding uh, an alm for kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, she's like tied down to the rock. That's pretty. Yeah. But it, it's not like um, violent or gory like a lot of martyrdom pieces. Yeah. It's just beautiful. I love how uh, the angel holding the leaf, like, from the ocean, like the horizon, or the lighter water into her dress. It's like this perfect gradual fade. Yeah. <sighs> so, and it shines on the water. I, Very pretty. I, I just always want to see more stuff like that. So those are kind of two uh, more classic-y pieces. Um, and that wraps it up for honorable mentions. We got some cool music uh, our last couple episodes, but I, I think we got some fun stuff on the way too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Bullshit's out of the way. Uh, you want to kick us off? Yeah, um, so this episode was actually inspired by one of our past honorable mentions uh, when yeah. we looked at the Incorruptibles. Uh, to recap, incorruptibility is a Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox belief that divine intervention allows some human bodies, specifically saints, to avoid the normal process of decomposition after death as a sign of their holiness. Bodies that undergo little or no decomposition or delayed decomposition are sometimes referred to as incorrupt or incorruptible. I uh, this theory the, is so cool, man. Like, yeah, I I love what I, I it's just so cool looking. Uh, these incorruptible relics are then presented in open reliquary and displayed for veneration. The veneration meaning uh, great respect or reverence. Yeah. So, out of curiosity, I later revisited this subject after our, our previous episode looking at them, and I soon fell into this Wikipedia spiral, which led me to the veneration of the crosses. So, the worshipping of the ultimate symbol of holiness, the cross on which Jebus died and saved us all from sin, that, that mm. stinky desert wizard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I started. To, I Why has he got to be stinky? <laughs> He's been I in mean, the desert for forty I mean, days and forty nights. Yeah, true. People back then were probably <laughs> still pretty rough. Either way, he's a wizard. I started <laughs> to wonder why dumb people like the clan would burn their own religious symbols. You know, you think of the cross as holy, the veneration of the crosses you respect. Um, the you know they're religious symbols, but the clan burns them. So, I was surprised to find out the origins of burning crosses goes back almost a thousand years to a weird priest, and the primary subject of this episode, Peter Abruess. 
Did I say it right? I'm going to struggle with I this. I think it's Bruis. Bruise. Peter of Bruise. That sounded less epic when I had to correct myself, but. Yeah. <laughs> the subject right. of this episode. The, the Peter cool part of Bruise. The cool part about the first, um, most of this uh, podcast is going to be um, French is the one language that I can't pronounce right, apparently. Mm. Um, Duolingo told me I can just fuck right off. Um, <laughs> because when it got to the point where it had to record me, um, saying the things I was screaming into my phone, garçon, garçon, <laughs> and it would not accept that I was saying garçon. And it, because apparently I sound like a fucking hillbilly hey, when I try to pronounce. You're doing so better. So now I just say garkin and get it over with. <laughs> you're doing better than me. So far, I've butchered Spanish, French, and called Jesus stinky. <laughs> <laughs> so. Peter well, Bruise. I, I specifically gave you that that text. So. <laughs> Peter Bruise was a Catholic priest who burned crosses in protest of the veneration of the crosses. So we're going to start this episode with Peter and work our way through time until the Ku Klux Klan burns the first cross. Despite being a priest, Peter actually did some pretty cool things, and we're going to explore those today. Um, but burning crosses today is something very different than what Peter did. And just to be extra clear, groups like the Klan are dumb as shit, and I hope the next time they're burning crosses, they all spill gasoline on their stupid fucking robes, because fuck the Klan. Fuck the Klan. So, we're set up now, and I've offended half of this dumb fucking country. You want to kick us off with Peter? I would love to. There we go. Peter of Bruise, also known as Pierre de Bruise, or Peter de Bru. Uh, was a popular French religious teacher who flourished between the years of seven, uh, uh, sorry, 1117 uh, to circa 1131. Yeah. Uh, this means that we don't know the exact year of his birth, but we know that his teaching flourished after 1117 until his death in 1131. Uh, sources suggest that he was born in southeastern France. The history of his early life is unknown, but he was a Roman Catholic priest who had been deprived of his office by the church hierarchy for teaching unorthodox doctrine. He began his preaching in Dauphine, in uh, province, probably between 1117 and 1120. The local bishops who oversaw the diocese of Embrun, Die, and Gap suppressed his teachings within their jurisdictions. And, and real quick, just just uh, note the sources. So he was very hard to research because there isn't a lot known about him. But the sources that are cited are primarily from a second Peter. And there's even a third Peter. But the second Peter is named Peter the Venerable because he honored crosses so much. And he opposed Peter of Bruise who burned them. (laughs) (laughs) So fucking stupid. So to, to make it clear, most of our information comes from this second Peter. But for... um ease of understanding the subject we're going to stick with one peter <laughs> so we have we basically uh they they named them peter and good peter yeah they, yeah. they were arch enemies and he's the good one yeah it's not he's not the other one yeah yeah so um peter Bruis. Uh, oh and in spite of the official uh, oppression uh peter's teachings were uh gained adherence at narbonne toulouse and gascony god you're good I don't, I probably, I know Toulouse. You're better uh, than me. Because Toulouse-Lautrec. <laughs> um, 
and I think that's the same, would be the same spelling. Anyways, um, Peter admitted the doctrinal uh, authority of the Gospels in their literal interpretation, but considered the other New Testament writings to be value- valueless, as he doubted their uh, apostolic that's the right one. Apostolic yeah. origin. He cast doubt on portions of the Bible and questioned the Old Testament. He rejected the authority of the church fathers and that of the Roman Catholic Church, church itself. Peter moved from attacks on clerical delinquency and worldliness to bitter criticism of hierarchy and sacraments. Peter's followers were called Petrobrugians, and they opposed clerical celibacy, infant baptism, prayers for the dead, and even organ music. <laughs> Just fucking wild. Yeah. Peter. The hell yeah, of a I can't, Yeah. Uh, Peter rejected art and ridiculed hymns since what pleases God is the pious sentiments of the soul, not outbursts of the human voice or musical instruments. Nice. All of which are pretty radical beliefs for a Catholic priest. He basically was a rebel priest fighting against his own religion. Yeah. This dude was punk rock as fuck. Yeah. But he hated me. He was so punk he didn't even like punk music. Yeah, <laughs> what a rebel! Jeez. The the organ music thing. I I mean, I understand I, why he feels that way. Yeah, like it's very powerful music. I think in in the you know to be used in the church, I get it because it it definitely is emotional and very strong, and especially you know like a, a dope organ. You know, you feel that shit in your chest. Yeah, and, and just all the things that he is going against, it kind of makes sense that he would also be against like music and arts because he, it sounds like he takes it all so seriously that he thinks a lot of what the church does is bullshit. Yeah. And what, while I don't think it makes any sense to hate the art and music, I, I, can't, I understand some of his other points. And the fact that he's questioning the new testament or portions of the bible at all is something completely unacceptable by the catholic church oh yeah without a doubt the the new testament is what separates them from a lot of other groups of christianity so we wanted to get into this by talking about peter's big five points of contention against the catholic church and we're going to discuss them a little bit Mm -hmm. so number one According to the Petro-Brucians, one's own faith, together with baptism, saves. As the Lord says, he who will believe and be baptized will be saved, but he who will not believe will be condemned. This idea ran counter to the medieval church's teachings, particularly in the Latin West, following the Theology of Augustine in which the baptism of infants and children played an essential role in their salvation from the ancestral guilt of original sin. He believed that each individual is to be saved by their own faith. So he he basically believed like you still needed to be baptized to go to heaven, but baptism alone was not enough. Baptism is they pour the stupid water over your head as a baby and you're officially a Catholic and a lot of Catholics believed that this alone would let you into heaven. And he was like, no, fuck that. Just because you're baptized is not enough. You have to have faith 
and the level of your faith will be judged by God to see if you enter heaven. And that was counter to the church. Um, Petrobrugians. Were you baptized? I was not. Oh, you fucking heathen. I know, right? <laughs> See, it sucks because it's one of the only um, like big sacraments you can undo. That and uh, being confirmed. like It's when you're in eighth grade before you start high school. The Catholics uh, do your confirmation and you become an adult Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be... Your, your choice. Your Catholic bar mitzvah? You ba- yeah, exactly. So you're officially a big Catholic adult boy. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have the option of undoing it. So once, you, once you're in, you're in. But I, so like, I, I think obviously all of this is bullshit. But what I do like about it is that, you know, while a lot of people were saying, as long as you adhere to the sacraments of our religion, you're making it into heaven, baby. And he's like, no, fuck that. You, right. ha- you have to be righteous enough. Now, I respect that. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, yeah. As, as, as uh, um, someone who is uh, very, um, I was not, I'm not trying to say uh, against the Catholic Church. I mean, I kind of am, but that's that's not the point I'm getting at. Um, critical of the Catholic Church. Sure. Um, the It's like, if you're going to, you know, perpetuate a bunch of bullshit, like at least make it like you have to believe in this shit to get into the right. You no, know, it's you not know, stick by your guns kind of thing. Not like, Just, well, as long yeah. as we dump some fucking holy water on you, you're good. It's like, a, I forget the name of it, but the thing where, uh, oh, fuck, where you pay to have your sins, uh, forgiven. Oh, communion. No, that we're going to get into that. But there was the whole, I think it was a Lutheran thing too, but you could literally pay money for certain sins to have them forgiven <laughs> instead of like doing the penance to have them forgiven. And it was a huge thing in the, the medieval days of the church. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, you want to you kick us off with two? I'll yeah, check. two. Uh, the Petrobrugian said, <clears throat> excuse me, edifices for temples and churches should not be erected. The Petrobrugians are quoted as saying it is unnecessary to build temples since the church of God does not consist in a multitude of stones joined together, but in the unity of the believers assembled. On the other hand, the medieval church taught that cathedrals and churches were created to glorify God and believed it to be appropriate that those buildings should be as grand and beautiful as wealth and skill could make them. But Peter disapproved of all ceremonies and outward forms of worship, even the erection of churches. He held that one may pray as effectively in a tavern or church, in a marketplace or temple, and may commune with God before a stable as well as before an altar. He literally advocated for the destruction of churches. Dude, that's fucking like badass. So metal for a priest. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you do hear some like New Age like preachers or pastors, whatever, say some things along these lines, but especially for this time. For him to be like, yo, fuck your church. We'll pray wherever we want. We're not uh, a church of stones joined together, but we're the unity of the believers. That's like a big fucking deal. And he literally like petitioned for the destruction of churches. He wanted them gone. Yeah. Like, uh, if you're supposed to live like Christ, and then, and, you know, all stories say that he lived, you know, as, as, you know, pious, but, you know, without. Yeah, you know, 
Jesus would have been a a hippie Marxist. Like, I I don't get how, like, the the hypocrisy of uh, Christians or just religious people in general being, uh, like, pro-capital punishment or all all the different, like, political aspects that run so counter to the religion is incredible. Um, So, real quick, that... The, the pain to forgive sins thing, um, that is actually called indulgences. It is a distinct feature of, of the religious systems of both Western medieval and the Roman Catholic Church that granted full or partial remission of the punishment of sin. The granting of indulgences was predicated on two beliefs, and then it gets into the beliefs. But basically, if, you, if you're rich and you had the money— you could go to your priest or bishop or whatever and have certain sins forgiven or at least mostly forgiven as long as you paid enough money. And there were literally lists of the different sins and how much you could pay in indulgences to have them forgiven. That's, yeah. That's, <laughs> because God deals in money, number one. Number two, it, it reminds me of the um, you know the old televan- televangelist commercials. I mean, I'm sure they still do it. I just don't see them as much anymore. Um, so I don't have cable where, um, the, uh, televangelists would come on. They're like, you know, for, for, you know, we need $10,000 We're collecting $10,000 and then we can heal this boy, this young boy who's crippled below the, you know, uh, below the neck, you know, he's paralyzed and he, we're going to, we're going to save him, but we need $10,000 to do it. Oh my God. And it's dude. like. That shit is so. And, and we need ten thousand dollars so we can pray for this boy, and then God will come down and. It's like that's that fucking makes me so mad, dude. Uh, that and that goes like right, right with the uh, the prosperity teachings. Are you familiar? I am not. It's a big thing with Protestant Christians, but there's all all kinds of different groups where like they run uh, different ads on TV and like. Uh, you know the church services and stuff where their their whole thing is like um prosperity faith where they're like they believe like wealth is a sign of faith and it's all about how to become like rich or like how much money you need to give and like health is wealth and you know money it's all tied to money dude it's like a huge thing and then real quick i meant to i should have made this an honorable mention are you familiar with um, the page Preacher Sneakers? No. <laughs> Dude, this shit's so good. So what it is, there's an Instagram page, uh, at Preachers, Preachers Sneakers, one word. Um, it is a page that shows, like, some of the world's most popular uh, preachers, particularly, like, New Age Christian preachers and priests and stuff, and it it's photos of the different jewelry and sneakers that they're wearing. And then they look up how much the shit costs. Wow. So there's all these pictures of uh, like uh, different preachers wearing $10,000 Jordans and shit. Like it, it's all about exposing uh, their hypocrisy and shit. Uh, hypocrisy. God, I can't talk. By showing just, just the cost of what they're wearing. Um. It's, Jesus it's, Christ! Isn't it this ridiculous? Is absurd. It's it's so insane that it, it's like I, I don't even understand what the argument against like how how can the church combat this kind of shit? 
It's so funny, though. It's really funny. It breaks down yeah. their whole outfit for different sermons by cost. <laughs> it's yeah, so that's good. absolutely absurd. <laughs> one, one with a, a dude wearing a, over a $1,000 sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. Dude, the shoes Jesus. get pricey. All right, uh, back to it. So, what are we yeah. on? Point three? Yeah. So, he wants to destroy it. He wants to believe people should be judged by their faith not just their actions uh, regarding the sacraments. Um, he believes in the destruction of all churches. Um, third, the Petrobrusians command the sacred crosses to be broken in pieces and burned because that form or instrument by which Christ was so dreadfully tortured, so cruelly slain, is not worthy of any adoration or veneration or supplication. But for the avenging of his torments and death, it should be treated with unseemly dishonor, cut into pieces with swords, burnt in fire. That was seen as an icon, how do you say, iconoclastic heresy mm-hmm. and as acts of sacrilege by the medieval church and still is by Catholics today. I mean, I, I completely agree with that thought process. Well, not, of of him, not of the church. Well, see, I agree with him, but I also his reasons for it are kind of bunk because he says they should be destroyed because it's what Jesus died on, like out of respect. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I, I, I of course, the the reason they should be destroyed is because it's a problem. But the, <laughs> <laughs> but the the idea is like if you're gonna worship. An, an ID in an idol or a deity, then why would you worship the thing that they, you know, were that were they were killed on? Well, from the Catholics' point of view, it's because Jesus's death is what saved us from original sin, and mm. like his death was the ultimate sacrifice, and we honor the symbol of that because his death is why he matters so much. But from Peter's point of view, he's like. What the fuck, guys? Why are we worshiping the the death scene, the murder scene of our Lord and Savior? So I don't agree with his reasons why the cross should be destroyed, but ultimately I agree with um, what he wanted, you know? Yeah. So I think he's right, but for the wrong reasons. Different means to the same end. Exactly. Who cares why he wants to destroy him? At least he wants to, right? Yeah. So real quick, iconoclasm. Uh, it comes from the Greek word uh, uh, icon and clasm, uh, meaning figure and figure or icon and to break. So it's the breaking of figures and icons. Um, iconoclasm is the social belief in the importance of the destruction of icons and other images or monuments, most frequently for religious or political reasons. Aside from burning crosses, Examples of iconoclasm include things such as flag burnings or when the Roman emperors destroyed their predecessor statues. Um, We've seen a lot of that in the last year with the destruction of old fucking shit statues. Yeah. Um, It also always reminds me of, uh, for whatever reason, the gorillas, one of their early music videos, and they put it on shirts and used the art a lot, uh, just said reject false icons. And that was one of their like big things in their early days was reject all false icons, and it's I, that's always stuck with me. Like, 
A- anything that is honored, uh, like sacred, is bullshit. Yeah. Pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of one sacred thing that should be sacred. I mean, sacred things are like the relationship that you, you know, have with a loved one or, you know, things like, but it's like, there's not memories, you know? Yeah, exactly. You can make, you know, you can make things like images or whatever that, that can show that, I guess, but that's not, that's for you personally. It's not something that everyone should have a social, you know, uh, uh, connection to sacred connection to your, you know, relationship with your grandma. Right. You know, to, but, to your specific grandma, you know, it's not like I, I even have, uh, this is so goofy, but me and Sarah went on a hike like two years ago and she just picked a random rock off the ground and it was like a shitty, uh, seashell, but we were in the middle of the woods in Cincinnati and I was like, Oh, it's kind of weird. And it's rolled around in my backpack ever since. And it feels kind of special, right? Like, yeah, a yeah. dumb thing. But, like, I, I don't necessarily want to destroy it inherently. But, like, uh, or even, like, you know, like, if you were a ring in a relationship, right? Yeah. You, you lose the ring. That's not what matters. Like, like, yeah, it's a nice trinket or memory. But, like, I don't know. It shouldn't be it's, that it, important. Yeah, the- the ring doesn't make your your relationship work. It's not the thing right. that is keeping you together. Like if you lose that ring and your relationship falls apart, your relationship was not fucking. Good. Yeah, it was not going to stay together. Or or I, even art like um, the Sea of Galilee, or like even my own art. Right? Oh, I'll print it up. I'll, I'll make art. I'll print it up. Put it on a wall. That's special to me, but it should never be so sacred that I can't rip it up. Right. Hmm. Everything right. should be able to be destroyed. There's nothing that's special. It's all about the the meaning behind it. As long as I can remember, like it could have been from when I was, like it, as long as I know it's old enough that I, whenever I was old enough to have my own wallet, um, my, when I was really young, my aunt or my mom, somebody in my family gave me a little medallion, yeah. and it's a um, Saint Christopher. Mm-hmm. Uh, medallion and I think it was St. Christopher no I'm, I'm like 90% sure um, but I've had it in my wallet ever since Yeah, um, it, it belonged to my grandfather um, who had already passed at that point and I kept it in my wallet just because it belonged to him and I thought it was a cool thing um, but the idea of that medallion was that whoever holds it you know um, they'll never get lost yeah, or they'll 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 have safe travels or something like that, um, and of course I don't believe in, you know, especially re, you know Christian iconography or anything. But I just thought that was a cool thing. And whenever I swap wallets to a new one, I always put it in there, and it's just a thing that I have, and I never look at it. I usually keep it like in the back, tucked in a thing. But it's like you know I've kept it up this long. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's more of a, a memorandum to my family. Yeah, kind of thing. And I'm I'm definitely speaking uh, hyperbolically a little bit. I I had uh, I had uh, a- after Tony died, I had a, like one of the only things I I had from him was uh, this long sleeve black thermal, right? And it was like 
ratty, had a couple holes and shit. Dude, I wore that like multiple days a week for like five, six years, and I always had it in my backpack. And eventually, somebody I knew that I later had problems with stole it from me and trashed it on purpose, right? And I was so fucking angry. But there was also, and it took me a long time to get over it, but there also was a sense of freedom, right? Because like, as meaningful as those things can be, it's like Buddhist shit. Like the the important things in your life still take up mental space. Yeah, like there there's a freedom from those things, and and the crosses specifically represent uh, generations of evil. It's more yeah. than just being a uh, a symbol to one person. Uh, one more story, and then I want to get back to this because yeah. that example made me think of uh, one that actually makes more pertinent sense to this. Um, yeah. When my grandfather died, um, he was my, my, not the one when I was a kid, my, um, my father's side, when he died, um, he was cremated mm-hmm. and I had his ashes put into a little thing that I had on my, on a necklace and I wore it. Um, I put it on a, like a hemp rope that was tied in the back so it wouldn't come off. Yeah. Um, and I wore that until the hemp gave way and I had to make a new one. And I made a new one you know, like three or four times for years um, until um, very recently um, I didn't make a new one for it the last time it broke. And it was because I finally got to the point where I realized like I wore it every single day in the shower, everywhere I was, I always had it on. Yeah. Um, and I finally came to the conclusion that it's, I'm not, I'm not carrying him with me by doing this. I'm not honoring him by doing this it's not this it was a thing for me it was part of my grieving process i still have it i've still kept it um but it's i've stopped wearing it and that that weight of burden yeah of feeling like okay i don't need this to still feel like i loved my grandfather right you know that i still had a connection with him you know i don't need to have that on my person all the time to feel that i don't need to have it at all you know, it's nice to have, you know, to like look at every now and then when I'm like, you know, rummaging through shit in my, you know, uh, uh, end table. But it's, it's, that's what all it is, is a, a, re- a part of a reminder, an icon to remind you of what's really important. Yeah. It's your, your memories, your feelings. And that's such a better way to put it. I, I just wasn't getting it out right. That's exactly how I felt wearing that sweatshirt. I just felt a little bit better. But one of these points we're going to get to is also um, that you can't do things for the dead and that by doing them, you're really doing it for yourself. And that's a hard realization and hard thing to let go. Yeah. Also, sorry, last one. When's the last time you've thrown something in the river? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Or burned something? Um, Does it count if I burn it at work? As if long it, as it's if it was on purpose, destroyed, destroyed or lost forever intentionally, like something of significance. Yeah. Um. It's been a little while. Oh, um, it was within. It was probably about two years ago or so. Okay. Um, and destroyed some old um personal effects from a previous relationship so satisfying it is 
Oh my! And it was dude, one of those things. Like, why am I? Why do I still have these? It's just torture. D- yeah. Did you have any photos? Because they melt so pretty. Like a no, film photo. I oh, might though somewhere. I can probably do that. It's the best. They melt. They warp. Oh, it's so good. Oh, cool. They turn. Now I know what I'm doing this weekend, dude. I know. I got a couple things. I still just you know. It's like you put them away and you forget about it, and then they show up on you, and you're like, "Fuck! I can't wait to get rid of this." It feels so good. <laughs> The chuck something in the river? Oh, it's the best. <laughs> I'm going to throw this bike back in the pond and save for Trini when she gets older. I pull it out when she gets older. <laughs> A lot of memories in this old pond. Oh, you're going to love it. Uh, oh, fucking A. Um, so, number four of, <laughs> of, the, uh, of Peter's points of contention against the Catholic Church. Um, Petrobrugians denied sacramental grace, rejecting the right of communion entirely, let alone the doctrine of the real presence or the nascent scholastic amount of transub- transubstantiation. This transubstantiation. Is- so when I was writing this, all right, transubstantiation <laughs> is my biggest, like, surefire attack on the church, and I kind of went ham working on this. This is going to get fun. So okay, transubstantiation. Cool. It's when the the Eucharist, the 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 bread they give the little crackers. No, the, the, the communion wafers. Yeah, and the 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 wine. They believe it literally turns into the body and blood of Jesus, and that is like a tenet of Catholicism that you have to believe that. It's not a representation. It's not symbolic. Then it actually is, and you you cannibalize Jesus at every mass. So that's transubstantiation. Okay. So the Petro Pet, uh, mm-hmm. They this is a quote. Uh, they deny not only the truth of the body and the blood of the Lord daily and constantly offered in the church through sacrament, but declare that it is nothing at all and ought not to be offered to God. They say, "Oh, people who do, do not believe the bishops." Priests or clergy who seduce you, who, as in many things, so in the office of the altar, deceive you when they falsely profess to make the body of Christ and give it to you for the salvation of your souls. <laughs> the term substantiation, uh, used to describe the transformation of the desecrated, consecrated bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ, was first used by Hilde- Hildebert the Lavardin in about uh, 1079. The theory had longly had long been widely accepted as orthodox doctrine at the time of the attacks of Peter Bruce. Less than two centuries later, in twelve fifteen, the Fourth Lateran Council officially declares transubstantiation the necessity. So excuse me, Jesus. Excuse me, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus coming through. (laughs) (laughs) Officially declared transubstantiation the necessary Orthodox Catholic explanation of the Eucharist. So even 1,000 years ago, people were calling out the bullshit of transubstantiation, one of the greatest frauds of Catholicism, and and they still believe it today. It's the greatest proof that all Catholics are either (laughs) brain-dead, hypnotized idiots, or crazy cannibals. There is no in-between. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. They're either cannibals or fucking idiots. The, yeah. There's no exception. Yeah. It's it's insane. Either you believe you're eating people and drinking blood, or you don't. 
and you're doing it anyways oh my god dude it drives me nuts i look at people i love that believe this shit i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you now that's funny to me because i thought when i was young like i've done the communion thing because i've gone to church with like my family before and like i basically saw that like oh shit it's snack time and like and they were like (laughs) they were like one of them i remember someone in my family was like i don't think you're supposed to go do that and i was like i'm I'm gonna go do it anyways (laughs) and they can't stop me so i did it and um I I thought even then as a child and through most of my life I thought the idea was that like it's just symbolic. Nope. You know. To some other Christian face it is symbolic but to Catholics and it was a Catholic <sighs> church that I was at. Yeah, the Catholics fucking, say um, it literally is flesh and blood and they there's been internal debate on if they should update it to be symbolic. But they, every reform they do, they stick to it being literal because it's been written into their faith as such an important tenet. So, oh man, I remember like as a kid, dude, I've ate thousands of those shitty crackers. Thousands. <laughs> I went to so many fucking churches. But it was always so cool when you go to a different church and they have a different flavor cracker. You're like, you're like that church is pretty cool. Their crackers are way better than that shitty church. I'm gonna get the good crackers this week. I was actually recently I've looked online and I've found websites where you can just buy. We can buy them. Yeah, you can, can just buy, buy the wine bulk. and the crackers and the bulk. <laughs> we could we could start snacking on them for every podcast. That could be our pre-podcast snack. I actually, for a little while, I considered the idea of getting um, a holy holy water bottles. And then just filling them up with tap water and then <laughs> selling them. <laughs> we, could, we could like get full priest robes and eat our crackers. Just and put wine. vodka in them. And so- <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it, bro. Those crackers are so good. <laughs> the sour cream and onion Jesus. Oh, Some yeah. comedian did a, a joke about that. I want some pickled Jesus. Some, some pickled. Hot, spicy Jesus. <laughs> All dressed in Zesty Morton Jesus. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> the idea that during Mass, the bread and wine used for communion uh, becoming the body and blood of Jesus Christ is central to the Catholic faith. Um, indeed, the Catholic Church teaches that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life, but a new uh, Pew Research Center survey finds that most self-described Catholics don't believe this core teaching. In fact, nearly 7 in 10 Catholics, about 69%, nice, say that they personally believe that during Catholic Mass, the bread and wine used in communion are symbols of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Just one-third of U.S. Catholics say they believe that during Catholic Mass, the bread and wine actually become the body and blood of Jesus. And they say, and if they say they don't believe in it, they're either liars, liars, or <laughs> <laughs> fucking liars, or hypocrites. Like, what the fuck, bro, dude? But the, what this shows is that the church is so antiquated. Their people don't even believe their own bullshit anymore. Yeah, they're like doing it out of habit because they think it's the right thing to do because that's what their parents did. But how can you literally say something is something? And that you have to believe it to be part of their church. And then like a third, what was it? Is it a third or 61? It's, a, the, it's the, the seven and 10 that don't believe it. Okay. And yeah, and a third, 
a third believe it. So seven, 70% of them don't believe in a thing they have to believe to be a part of their religion. But they were baptized, so they'll go to heaven. Right? See, this is why this is why I like Peter. This is why I like Peter. Cause he's like, that's not real. <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> this why is all dumb. <laughs> You're offending God. God died. Like, even if his reasons are slightly false, because his point of view is that God died once, and that is impossible to continue to eat him. And if anything, that's offensive, right? Yeah. I, honestly, it sounds like something like a satanic church would do. Dude, right? Like, it sounds exactly like some like a shit some shit that like a pagan church would do. Dude, the ultimate like offering sa- of symbolic <laughs> even if they were just like this is symbolic of the blood and the body, you know, <laughs> even if they weren't like this is really what this is, that sounds like some, you know, some metal shit. Yeah, the the Leviathan Satan's they always do the 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 naked chick on the altar, pour blood on her. It's like, all yeah. right, that's whatever for a music video. But if you wanted to have the most legit satanic mass ever, and you really wanted to be a clever little Satanist demon boy, you would just do an identical to Catholic mass and call it a satanic mass. Yeah, just pick the right scriptures and let it speak for its fucking self because it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. <laughs> All right, point five, this is the last big point, all right? Peter's final big belief was a rejection of prayers for the dead. They deride sacrifices, prayers, alms, and any other good works by the faithful living for the faithful dead, and say that these things cannot aid any of the dead even in the least. The good deeds in the living cannot profit the dead, because transferred from this life, their merits cannot be increased nor diminished, because beyond this life, there is no longer place for merits, only retribution. Nor can any dead man hope to gain from anybody that which he did not obtain while alive in the world. Therefore, those things are pointless that are done by the living for the dead, because they are mortal and have passed by death beyond the way of all flesh, into a state of the future world, and took with them all their merit to which nothing can be added. Dude, that's like the most beautiful fucking poem ever. Right. Jesus Christ, that's so good. Yeah. Oh, makes me want to die and make people <laughs> not pray for me. <laughs> that's how good that was. Jesus Christ. What The one line, what was it? Uh, There's no longer place for merits, only retribution. And then... Uh, the mortals have passed by death beyond the way of all flesh. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Peter's still a, a believer in Christ, but. Right. He doesn't yeah. suck as bad as some of them. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I don't know, man. He's the, getting down. He's getting down to the nitty gritty of like, what does it really mean to be a Catholic, though? Like, yeah. What, what What are the tenets that we should be following? Right. Because if we're gonna try to live this life and do this shit, exactly. Because by all accounts, I still wouldn't like or agree with him. But I. Here's the thing: is I can, while I may think somebody's religion is garbage, right? really any religion i can kind of respect someone who sticks to their guns right and it's Mm -hmm. just like 
that's what I believe. It's unshakable, but I, I think it's dumb, but I can kind of respect it a little bit. But what I don't respect is when people don't don't question the things they're believing. And right. even if I disagree with him fundamentally on a lot of these aspects, like believing Christ is your savior, he's questioning his own church from a position of power, which is more than we see from church leaders today. Um, it may be the amount of lost I've watched lately. Um, <laughs> but even if someone does do some miraculous things, whether, you know, they are, you know, whether it's as, as big as turning, you know, um, water into wine or, you know, uh, coming back to life and shit like that, or, you know, uh, um, just being extremely helpful and a you know wonderful person who saves lives and whatever through you know medicine or anything like that like just because someone's um incredible and does the crazy shit doesn't mean that they are trustworthy doesn't mean that they should be followed blindly yeah you know like that kind of shit can make somebody you know can make the people around them especially even um, corrupt with power or corrupt with the ideas of grandeur. Um, you know, everyone likes John Locke until he kills Jacob, and then <laughs> our references are a decade or two old. <laughs> hey, if you seen that show, um, it was relatively new on uh, Netflix called Messiah. Um, no. Uh, it, was, wait, honest, was that the uh, uh, Morgan Freeman one? I don't think so. No. Okay. I watched a little bit of that, but it was not as interesting as I thought it was for the first one. I know you're a big Morgan Freeman fan. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love, so, me some, love me some Freeman. Uh, yeah, he played God all the time. But uh, Messiah is about, it's kind, it's honestly, it's got a little bit of a lost vibe because it's like a constant um, like bending of reality. And the premise of the show is that Jesus uh, Jesus is alive today. He shows up in the world, and people start following him. And the governments of the world don't know if it's a cult, don't know if he's faking it, mm. don't know if it's legit. But he starts performing real miracles, and people start following him across the world. And basically, people don't know how to handle it. And it's, it's, so, it's it sounds it's like Black Jesus. I'm not. Uh, what? Did you ever watch Black Jesus on Netflix on no. uh, Adult Swim? No, I think it's on Hulu. But okay. it's uh, an Adult Swim show called Black Jesus. Very good. You okay. definitely watch it. That sounds goofy. Uh, Jesus, Jesus uh, uh, shows up. Here he comes back, and he's in like Compton or something. Oh and, shit! Uh, <laughs> he helps some people open a community garden, and he's trying to do good for the world. But he gets roped into some. Uh, um, stereotypical Compton shit. Oh God! And people just like don't believe it's real Jesus. Oh no, they know he's Jesus. I mean, there's a couple people that don't believe in it, but they just he's just Jesus. Adult Swim, man. They're always asking him to, you know, yeah. (laughs) Always asking him to refill the wine at the party, you know. (laughs) Oh my God! Yeah, dude. Uh, Messiah's worth checking out. Um, there's another. Oh, I was gonna ask. All right. Um. Regardless of if it was a, a second coming of Jesus, whatever, what would it take for you to believe in God? All right. So I think 
we're both kind of atheists, but I, I do acknowledge the possibility. I would, right. I'd say realistically, I'm atheist agnostic, but depending on who I'm talking to or the mood I'm in, I'm going to say atheist to like, kind of like make my point. But uh, like, if I'm really truly discussing what I believe, I, I see there is a possibility right. or, or just that I can't prove it one way or another. Exactly. There's no, yeah. the, audacity to believe that you have the solid answer that there is or is not right and a, a a deity of some sort or another um is is crazy um so you know i i definitely i believe that i believe in the possibility that there could be um i just think that it's so unlikely um and it's even more unlikely that it's the catholic god right um when there were so many 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 beforehand um there and and after that it's it would take a lot for me to believe in i mean like there's enough weird shit that you know on a day-to-day that you know people you know, uh, uh, experience or, you know, feel and like it can, so much of it can be chalked up to, uh, coincidences and stuff like that, or just like really weird, goofy things that it's like, wow, that's really weird. How, you know, that's how convenient or how coincidental that was. Like, it seems like it could be more than that. Um, but the end of the day, that's really what it is. And I mean, I experienced those things. And of course a little flicker in my head is like, Oh, that was, you know, some wild shit of God to do, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's be big if true, but more like it just flickers for a second, but it's never enough that it's never more than never more than that. It's not, I can't. Yeah. It would, it would, it would have to be a, a personal coming to me and or coming, you know, to, and like showing themselves God to, would have to reveal himself to you. Yeah, he would have to expose himself to us. It sucks because that's... I think I feel similar, similarly... Um, I, I was trying to define better ways to put it into words because at the same time, uh, like many religious people, their argument would be that God has revealed himself to them. And it, it's... In a way that yeah, we can't understand. To do to them. Right. And that's fine. But it's but, not. Well, no, it, it it's, it's But what I'm saying is it's, but it's not to me. Right. So yeah. like, that's fine that you, you know, feel like you had this connection and you had this, you know, thing, but like that makes, that doesn't make sense to me. Then what if, if, you he, if he can reveal himself to, to us, you know, it would be, it would be crazy for them to say, for you know a an omnipresent you know being omnipotent that's the that's the one I'm looking for is omniscient that one um, for an, an all powerful being to uh, to not to be able to reach down and communicate with us and then choose not to realizing that like there's so much that's that's wrong and the translations the of of what he you know gave to us a thousand years ago was wrong is is now being corrupted. You know, doing due to the politicians uh, or due to the politics of kings in the, uh, you know, the the 
11 and you know through the 1600s and shit like that and it's it's absurd to me to think that if they had the ability to say look this is getting out of hand and it's wrong what you're worshiping what some of these people are worshiping is wrong this is my word get it right that they wouldn't do that right i can't i can't stand by that god no, he he's such a little bitch. He won't show his face. <laughs> such a little bitch. And, and if if dude, if he if it was real, man, he would be so cruel. Yeah, that like you're saying, I I would I would never be able to to trust, accept, or embrace something so cruel, right? Now, what if he was the one that God asked him to kill his son, Abraham? That's yeah, uh, yeah. the foundation of all Abrahamic religions. He told and Abraham to kill your son Isaac on the mountaintop. That's right. And then and he Isaac didn't... proved his faith by attempting to swing the blade down on Isaac, and the angel stopped him. Yeah. And that was like, there's a quote, something I, I, I guess I think it was lost. And they were saying, like, you know, when God asked Abraham to kill Isaac, and he said, but. But he didn't let him kill Isaac. And he's like, but why do you make him do it? Why do you ask him to do it in the first place? It's it's absurd. It's cruelty. Yeah, it's exactly. It's cruelty. Yeah. Now, what if you saw like an angel? Like something visual? Like could you trust your eyes if you saw something? You saw the wounds in his side. You see the angels fly down from heaven. You see uh, you're driving down the street. And you see Jesus at Starbucks pounding a frappuccino. (laughs) (laughs) If I saw Jesus at Starbucks smoking a cigarette, a clove cigarette, (laughs) I I would have to stop and have a chat. Yeah. Um, If if I saw a thing like you know how people say they see like specters of ghosts or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was getting that more. You see an angel. (sighs) Angel. I mean, I guess it would depend on the circumstances at the time, but even then, I'd I'd still think that my my first thought would then would would instead be like, oh, there's that I saw a ghost. I would still, I mean, like unless I was if, if I was completely co- convinced in my head that this is an angel, this is a uh, a thing sent from God, and if I had like a message in my head that came with it, then I could take that maybe as like a sign. If I just seen a thing and it was like, oh. That looked like the typical description of what an angel looks like in artwork and whatnot, and right. I and I know that it is that way. Then I would think that I saw a ghost still, and then I would think, oh, maybe this is that like timelines crossing shit, like fucking string theory shit. Okay, we need to do string theory soon. Yeah. Now, what about um, not necessarily. <sighs> A ghost or a fucking leprechaun or an angel, all those. Yeah, things. yeah, exactly. What about like uh, coincidence stuff, chaos magic? Like, have you ever had a sign from the universe that was so um, convincing that it made you want to believe in something more? Let me give you a really good example. Sure. About four or five days ago. I had a dream, and in my dream, I was at my father's house in Florida, and I was walking out 
to the garage and the garage door was open as I walked and it's connected uh, to the house. So I walked from the house into the garage and I'm looking out the garage door and there standing in the driveway was my um, grandfather, the one that I have the ashes of. Yeah. Um, and he, I was surprised to see him. Um, and he walked up to me and he said, Hey, I wanted to say thanks for all the good food. <laughs> and I wanted to say, uh, I wanted to make sure that you have a good day. And, and I gave him a hug and then I woke up and the hug felt very real. But I also have like a like a body pillow kind of situation that I sleep like lean on because I have the the acid reflux that I have to keep myself up on my side. Yeah. Um. So that's a that, really sweet dream. It was. It was a really nice dream, and I I had a. I mean, it it definitely made me feel like that was a visit from my grandpa. Did it? Did it feel sad, or were you happy? I was very happy. It was very good. Yeah. Um. It felt very, you know, real. And, you know, like we had talked about before, like sometimes you, uh, after after not seeing someone for a long time, you kind of start to forget yeah. their, their face a little bit. Um, it was very clear. It was like, it was like he was there and it was like a reminder. Dude, of- that, that shit's intense, man. You're, that's, that's your brain wanting you to remember. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really powerful thing that was like, oh, and and somewhere in the dream, he had mentioned, now this is a, this is something I've never, I've seen this brand before and I've, I've never bought it before, but I'd seen it before and it has been months because the only place that I know that sells it is Whole Foods and Mm -hmm. I haven't been there for months. Um. But it was uh, Waterloo Sparkling Water. Okay. He, he mentioned something about it. <laughs> um, and then and then he said, you know, said again, once again, thanks for all the food, and I hope you have a good day. And that's when I hugged him, and, and then I woke up. And he – I felt the urge to, like – I was thinking like, well, maybe that was like a weird, maybe that was a sign that I should like look out, you know, some, some Waterloo sparkling water and like maybe something along my path of doing that will, you know, you know, I'll, I'll meet somebody or something. Sure. And I, I, I went to the the Whole Foods. First of all, they stopped selling it except for like, you know, the, the 12 packs, <laughs> they had it in the singles and I got one of those and it was good. Um, but nothing other substantial happened. I mean, so, so my point being that I was, um, persuaded by this vision, this dream to go buy a product. Yeah. Because my grandpa mentioned it in a dream. No, obviously that's a, it's a very mild mild, thing to convince somebody to do. It wasn't kill my son. Right. Do you feel like, uh, I mean, obviously, very mild example, and it, it doesn't matter, like, in, in the sense, like, you still went out and did that with your grandpa and your thoughts, but it, like, did did it feel like an unreasonable thing? No. Or did it still feel like 
enjoyable it wasn't, or, or special. It was enjoyable. It was yeah. more like a fun thing for yeah, me because yeah. it was like a scavenger hunt kind of yeah. how, how it it's really like, felt to me. Because it was like list. I had just gotten off of work and I worked down the street from the Whole Foods anyway. And I kind of turned near there. So I was like, I'll just go, you know, a block over and I'll hit up the Whole Foods real quick. And I yeah. did that and I got lunch too and and then I went home. I just saw uh, slightly unrelated, but an article about how uh, product and product places, advertising, and companies are now working on subliminal advertisements that use different tricks in commercials, such as like different frequencies or repetitive nature or, or certain things they know is meant to be memorable to try to get your. Uh, get their products to be relived in your dreams. And they, they started doing studies on these new commercials that it's mostly soda and alcohol, which if, if you ask me the alcohol, that's kind of insidious. To yeah, do it's to pretty people. fucked up. But uh, the percentage of people dreaming of the product is so much higher than a normal commercial. Like that's they're, they're figuring it up. out really well. It's pretty wild. Um, uh, that was fun. Should we get? Should I get back to Peter for a sec? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Peter again for a minute, and then we can get <laughs> off on another. Yeah. So, for all those the five big points that we totally got derailed from. So Peter's five points for all of these beliefs. The Catholic Church labeled him a heresiarch. Heresiarch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so heresies, uh, heresark, meaning leader of a heretical movement, the church wasn't going to let this stand. And the risk, and they weren't going to let it stand and risk his beliefs spreading any more than they already had. He had amassed this following. Um, their authority would not be questioned. So the church did what all churches do best, which is to kill. Yeah. <laughs> so... On one Good Friday, and if you're not familiar, uh, Good Friday's during the Easter shit, right? You can't eat yeah. meat on fr- Good Fridays. Um, so on one Good Friday, in or around 1131, the Petrobrusians got together a great multitude of people. They collected all the crosses which they could lay a hold of, and they made a large bonfire with them. At which, in contempt of the church laws, they cooked meat, which was distributed to all present. Peter rejected prayer, offerings, alms for the departed, and maintained that, quote, that all depends on a man's conduct during his life on earth. This decides his destiny. Nothing that is done for him after he is dead can be of any use for him. For 20 years, Peter Abrues had labored as a preacher in South France when seized by an infuriated mob, and he was hurried away to the stake and cast into the flames of his own bonfire of burning crosses. In conclusion, he was murdered by an angry Roman Catholic mob and was killed for questioning his own faith. <laughs> Guitar solo. That's so fucking metal, man. It's so brutal. It's fucked. He literally is just questioning what people believe in, what he believes in. And they threw him into a fucking fire, man, like a witch. 
Like a, he, he wasn't even saying like don't believe in God was the other right. thing. Like he's still like the core value of like believe in God, be a good person, you know, or you know, be be as you know you you should be, you know, a man do as to others as you want to do unto you, kind of thing. Yeah, a man's conduct during his life on Earth this decides his destiny. Yeah, dude, I fucking agree with that, man. I yeah. don't even know if I believe in destiny, afterlife, God, none of it. But yeah, I agree with that. Right, like that. The story, your legacy, the story that people are going to tell of you is based on your conduct. Yeah. So whether like, it's your destiny or not, it's definitely your legacy. Yeah, it's just that alone is more meaningful than anything like they believed in, or 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 just. It just matters so much more, and and to to be burned at the stake for it is, uh, it's so disappointing. I like Peter, even though I have contentions with Peter's contentions. I like Peter, man. Yeah. Um. Despite being a priest, Peter remained critical of his critical of his faith, and did not yield in pursuit of his truth. Although misguided, he stood up against tyranny and died for what he believed in. He should have been a martyr. Fuck yeah. <laughs> After his death, his doctrine still continued to have an influence in many districts, as various other religious groups or teachings continued his work in their own ways, but Peter Abruis was largely forgotten, and ideas faded away. Just as the U.S. lost the war on drugs, the world has lost the war on religion. But the trash cats will not give up. <laughs> Fuck no. I will fight religion till I die. In fact, I hope I become a martyr. Oh, Our- man. <laughs> Can you imagine St. Dr. Professor Peter? <laughs> or St. Dr. Professor Stephen. I don't know why I said Peter. We said Peter so many fucking times in this. Patron saints of the raccoon. <laughs> Patron saint of the trash cats. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, um, man, I wish there was better ways to, you know, making a podcast is great and all, but outside of, like, uh, real-world violence, like, tearing down a church, I wish there were better ways to attack uh, organized religion. It's kind of a bummer, but uh, I think at least advocating for the churches to be torn down is uh, very important. I also just, uh, I got my t-shirt idea, t-shirt design idea. Fuck yeah. You as the patron saint of trash cats. Oh. <laughs> I'll make it Laid look out. like a stained glass. It'll look good. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be laid out on a cross as the raccoons drive in the stakes into my room. <laughs> 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 the church burning in the background. Oh, fuck, bro. Except uh, instead of crying out in pain, you look like you enjoy it. Like, yes. <laughs> Rock hard. <laughs> Rock hard erection. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that painting of Jesus? Oh, <laughs> the shit. fucking rock hard dick. Just ready to go. <laughs> He's a sadist. They what said he was celibate. It didn't mean they didn't get boners. Oh, yeah. Jesus was known for his bo- boners worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> shit, bro. Oh. Alright, so nine so inch we, nail, am I right? <laughs> should we start uh connecting this to so this is kind of like the origins of the burning crosses. This is where kind of came from. Should we start working it forward through time? Yeah. Okay. So basically everybody forgot about old Peter. 
until some assholes started burning crosses again and some loser on Wikipedia linked it to Peter. Uh, Whether directly or indirectly related or inspired by Peter's actions, we may never truly know, but modern cross-burning dates back to the 14th century in medieval Europe when Scottish clansmen would set fire to the hillsides as a statement of military defiance or call to action for soldiers ahead of battle. On other occasions, a small burning cross would be carried town to town or used as a signaling device from a distance to pass messages or rally the troops. The burning crosses took on a new meaning when they made it to the U.S. So, like, it, it is a jump. We, we don't know for sure if the Scots were directly inspired by Peter, but we know Peter's teaching spread. There were, there's actually another character I'd like to explore at some point named, uh, it's like Peter of Waldo or something, and they call him the Waldo, Peter of Waldo or whatever. There's a whole, dude, there's like 18 million Peters. Like, they're all religious teachers in Europe, but there's a couple other religious organizations that after our Peter, Peter of Bruez, uh, past, <laughs> uh, all these different groups picked up his teachings in various different forms. They aren't, they all weren't pro cross burning, but they took on a lot of, uh, his belief in questioning faith. Right. So the, these groups spread across Europe after his death. And so we don't know if the Scots were directly influenced, but I mean, there weren't a lot of people burning crosses till Peter. So, right. you know, the Scots took it on as a battle thing. And then when it made it to the U.S., as we all know, it changed quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the Ku Klux Klan was what founded a in the- twister. <laughs> it was founded in- fucking idiot. <laughs> they're so fucking assholes. God. It was founded in the 1860s as a club for Confederate veterans- it was established as a vigilante group against the progress of Reconstruction, the period after the American Civil War, when attempts were made to redress the inequalities of slavery and its legacy, and readmit the union of 11 states that had succeeded. The first wave of the Klan had members from all parts of the U.S. Southern white society and used violent intimidation to prevent black people or white people seen as supporting them from voting or holding political office. Now, the KKK got a lot of inspiration from these Scottish fraternities, uh, like the rituals, the hoods, the whole clan thing. It's obvious. Fucking losers, dude. Yeah. <laughs> copping, copping shit from the Scottish, number one. And then just perpetuating a bunch of bullshit hate. Yeah. Because that's what they daddy did. Dude, there's a... I I wish I could rema- remember the name of the battle, but the early... Uh, clan shit there's one story in particular where this whole town of clan members all, all their robes were made by their wives right mm-hmm. like th- there was a local seamstress or the wives would make their get-ups right their stupid little ghost robes and for whatever reason the particular seamstress of this small town she had made the ropes for everybody right and apparently she wasn't a very good sewer <laughs> Mm. so she didn't know how to make the hoods properly and they're riding into battle and none of them can see out of their stupid masks oh good (laughs) so they all had to take off their shit and like there's 
there's accounts of people riding horseback, their hood gets in their face and like they fall off and get trampled by a horse or nice. people that later got in legal issues because they had to remove their shit to see. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so in the first era, uh, reconstruction plans did not burn crosses. They weren't particularly religious either. This is something they kind of picked up over time. Their original group was more uh, just like our racist political ideology than anything related to religion. Um, the idea was introduced the idea of uh, the cross burning was introduced by Thomas Dixon Jr. in his novel, The Klansman, a historical romance of the Ku Klux Klan, uh, which came out in 1905. What a stupid fucking name. I, I want I want to in my head the historical romance of the Ku Klux Klan that makes me think like it's fanfic of <laughs> like clan members yeah <laughs> <laughs> we need to someone needs to rewrite this this rewrite his fanfic and call it that name it this exact thing and then it's just uh, it's got, like like Brokeback Mountain but it's clan members. <laughs> It gets you in the first half, and then they start making out in the tent, and you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> Some people are going to get pissed. Dude, yeah, we, we angered a lot of people today. <laughs> I'm cool with it. Uh, We've angered the right people. Yep. A cross burning is first described in Book 4, Chapter 2, The Fiery Cross, on pages 324 through 326 of the 1905 edition. That is very specific. Right. Uh, it is introduced by one of the characters as the old Scottish rite of the Burning Cross. It will send a thrill of inspiration to every clansman in the hills. Because they live in the hills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the book continues to describe burning crosses as a symbol for an unconquered race of men. Which is dumb. Yeah. Uh, the scene is accompanied by... Oh, that's you. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Thank you for for starting my get, taking away my my one line and uh, I just uh, got so revved up. <laughs> yeah, so the the scene in, in the book it's accompanied by an unnumbered plate illustration by Arthur I. Keller, yeah. uh, captioned "The Fiery Cross of Old Scotland's Hills," showing two robed, unmasked clansmen, one of whom is holding a light a lit cross over a bound, blindfolded, and gagged Black American, while robed while the robed and hooded clansmen look on. God, that sentence was a nightmare, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really was. Uh, the novel ends with the, a Klansman waiting for election results, stating, Look at our lights on the mountains. They are ablaze. Range on range, our signals gleam until the fiery cr cross is lost among the stars, meaning that he had won and civilization had been saved in the South. That imagery is kind of cool, but man, this is all the more evidence the to firebomb Alabama. I want to, I want to, I want to point out. Of the stars, of the yeah, stars. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Jesus. I need to make sure that you, Fuck, we, we point out, because I know that's what you meant, <laughs> that you weren't saying the imagery of the black guy bound. In, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's not what he meant. I knew I was going to say at least one stupid fucking thing today. <laughs> Done fucked up real bad, Steve. Everyone, we're Dude. canceled. We'll be off iTunes by next week again. Well, it's hard to get canceled when you never started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Dude, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, I was going to say something. I looked at the art of that, uh, the plate illustration. It was pretty, pretty dumb. Um, these people fucking suck. Pretty dumb. It was pretty bad. It kind of sucked. <laughs> pretty dumb. 
the novel The Klansman would later inspire a movie, uh, D.W. Griffiths, controversial if popular, and it was controversial. It was yeah. controversial and popular. Um, the 1915 film The Birth of a Nation, which played a crucial role in the revival of the Klan. In the movie, the Klan hangs a black man in front of a burning cross, and ever since, the burning cross has been a symbol of racism and hatred that has been used to terrorize people ever since. And basically, they just stole the imagery of the burning cross from this stupid fucking movie. Yeah. Right? Like, the, it, the Klan definitely was not aware of the origins that possibly predated the Scots. Right. So, the origins of the Scots, or Peter Bruys, dude, how do you say it, man? Bruce. I had it- Ruiz. I had it right for like the first half of the episode, and then my dumb, dumb, stupid brain lost it. I was holding on with every brain cell I had left, and it just slipped away. Ruiz. Uh, it was long forgotten. Racism ruined cross burning, and that's bullshit. Like, dude, it should still, bullshit. like, it sucks, dude. Like, I would love to burn a cross in rebellion to the church, and racism ruined it. Yeah. It's so <laughs> shitty. It's uh, true. It's so it's true. Like, it's like they fucking ruin everything, man. <laughs> They fucking they ruin everything, <laughs> goddamn racists. Dude, it sucks. Um, that actually reminds me. I saw. Um, do you? What do you know? I guess there's a, a fourth. I, I'm trying I to find. You're the, say, do you know the Muffin Man? Do you know the Muffin Man? Do, do you know the Muffin Man? Um, do you? I guess apparently there's a uh, a Fourth Reich uh, motorcycle club. Oh, uh, no. Apparently, it's a... Um, there's a lot of forthright groups, though. Yeah. Um, there's a... I saw somebody, and there, it might it might not have been exactly what it was. It was what I, I found when I first looked up about it. Um, but there's a... Uh, one of them in the uh, Metro Detroit area now. Really? Yeah. It's real fucked up. They have, like, SS logos all over their Fuck compound course. and shit. It's, yeah, it's fucked up. Got the bolts, man. Uh, I, I, I think somebody we, saw somebody with a T-shirt on in the fucking Kroger the other day, and I was like, "Oh, attack on site, attack on site." Yeah. Um, the, I think we touched on a little bit the it's like the whole QAnon thing really sparked a lot of shit up, dude. The 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 Nazi movement, the neo Nazi movement, is like raging again in Germany. It's That's crazy. It. it it's it absurd that it problem. should be allowed to happen at all in, in general anyways. I feel it's... Well, especially there. I mean, they have laws against it, too. Yeah. I mean... It's <sighs> fucked, man. I'm fucking sick and tired of people. Yeah, well, let's... let's we're almost done well, with yeah, the clan. We'll, let's get these Let's just get through the clan. Life. Yeah. Uh, so, apparently, the clan has always claimed that they were lighting the cross in celebration, not burning it maliciously. Um, and to an extent, the law has agreed with them. Um, the 2003 Virginia versus Black Supreme Court uh, decision struck down on a not Black Supreme Court Virginia versus Black the Supreme Court decision yeah, yeah. struck down on a st- state st- statute which classified cross burning as prima facie intimidation, um, which means it's Latin for uh, the first face or on the face of things. Um, That's so I love etymology shit. That's a really good one. Yeah, the first face. Um, the First Amendment case acknowledged the KKK's ability to express messages of shared ideology, leaving the burden of proof on the state to prove intent to intimidate. Which, here's the thing. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about the First Amendment here a bit. And full support, right? 
but even the first times the so one of the the both the first and second time i think the the clan ever burn across it was on top of this mountain in response to uh, a jewish man they believe murdered a local girl so they went up to this mountain and they lit these massive crosses right the whole point was to intimidate right it's like i i i'm for the freedom of speech i don't think it should be inherently wrong to to burn anything right mm-hmm. like a, as a symbol right yeah flag across whatever that but that on its face shouldn't be wrong but pretty much anytime someone's burning across today it's only done with intent to intimidate it doesn't yeah. make fucking sense uh so the aclu has since defended the clan burning crosses uh the aclu is, is an awesome group they've done them and other groups like them have been forced to defend the clan they've defended nazis freedom of speech flag burnings among many other things while controversial, all these eventual court cases resulted in upholding our freedom of speech. And as fucked up as burning across today in the United States is, it is our right. Uh, this is all that more important when our corrupt leaders try to strip away our rights. Um, earlier this year, then-President Trump cited an incident at a protest in Portland as the inspiration for his recent proposal um, he was quoted saying two days ago, leftist protesters in Portland, Oregon, ripped down a statue of George Washington and wrapped it in the American flag. And then they set the American flag on fire. He then proposed legislation for criminalizing flag burning, which had a year's jail time as a penalty. And he's not the first person to suggest this. And I don't always like going back to Trump because he is a, a pretty extraordinary example of like shitty leadership. Yeah. But, uh, you know. There's a lot of political uh, momentum today to try to make examples of things like flag burning. And uh, as stupid as that fucking is, we still will defend like cross burning. And it's like it's such such fucking contradictions. Um, yeah, take it away. Um well, the, it is a, quite a far jump from the Peter Bruy's uh, burning crosses. The destruction of icons has always been about freedom of speech. And while we must always combat the great many evils of the world, we must also protect our freedom of speech to do so. Um, Which, it sucks. Yeah. We, we have to. Like, I mean. As much as it really does conflict me a bit. I mean, the, here's the thing about freedom of speech that I think that is the most important part of freedom of speech is you have the freedom to say and feel how you want, but when you're, when you expressing your feelings stomps on the, the rights of another or, you know, withholds the rights of another, or you're trying to conflict other people for things that they don't have control over. It's one thing if you're saying like, okay, all these, you know, you're talking shit about like Catholic people or you're talking shit about racist people, you know, religious people or racist people or something like that. These, these are things that they've chosen to believe and, and continue to believe despite contrary evidence, they are choosing to be, be descripted by this. Sure. Yeah. If you're being, if you're stepping on the rights of those people, that's a choice choice that they've made and they can always choose to change that. Right. 
when you're stepping on the rights of people that are born a certain way, whether they're black or gay or, you know, whatever, that's, that's something that you can't, that can't be allowed when you're, when you're withholding the rights of another person so that you can express yours. It's on the same level of cruelty as, as God that we've discussed in this episode, man. Uh, and, uh, you know, I do think there's been an overreach of censorship on the internet specifically as much as I absolutely overjoice in a lot of people that have been deplatformed because they were pieces of shit. Um, like uh, Alex Jones, for example. Um, I, I do... <laughs> Even though fucking Rogan's a piece of shit sometimes too, uh, the the idea that good speech is the best um, way to combat bad speech is something I do largely agree with. One of the arguments I've heard for like, um, you know, I th- I think we need the freedom of speech, but there are times where some amount of censorship makes sense. And the best case I've heard for this point of view is like. Like a lot of the people deplatformed are alt right or just literal Nazis, right? Yeah. And if if the speech is meant to be violent, right? Like if if you let a Nazi speak, right, and their belief, their ultimate beliefs of the movement they're involved in is the genocide of people, right? Right. Then in a way, any speech they offer is in support of that motive yeah of genocide it's one one violence yeah right so there there are there are times when um with without direct without direct uh like confluence that speech can be violent and i don't know it's it's tricky though it's, it's tricky, it's touchy, and in, in withholding the rights of many, you have to allow – that means that some people with shitty opinions and shitty values slip through the cracks. Yes. Because it, there it, are so many of them. And I think people don't listen to the shitty opinions enough. That's not – I don't mean that like we should focus on shit like too much like that, but – I I really thoroughly enjoy listening to people I hate, both for the anger of it. Like it gives me yeah. You you thrive on anger though, dude. I do, man. I fucking love it, dude. I listen to people I hate like literally half as much as I listen to people I like. But it, it helps me because I want to understand why they're wrong, how to best combat it, and and just how how to make arguments against it or i don't know you know there's even people you hate there's things you can learn from too even if it's teaching you why you hate it you know right but uh, you know things are very uh split lately the the most i like to listen to people spreading hate shit is in one of those videos online where it's um woman he starts yelling slurs at the Kmart and she gets arrested or she gets, you know, her shit kicked because she's, yeah, too. those are really funny. Yeah. That's really the most I can do about, I mean, like I've, 
once I've also tried to listen and, you know, read shit that I they don't believe because I, I want to get, I mean, even like Fox News shit. Like I try to read that occasionally to like get a, you got to put together all kinds of sources because you're going right. to get biased shit either way. But I want to get make my own decisions based on multiple sources, yeah. which I think is what you should do. Um, and it, it sometimes it just you can tell the the intentional wording on both on all sides. It's 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 just it just makes me so mad because there are so many people that just go to that one place and they they hear that one thing and then they echo it to all their friends who also get their news from the same place. And then they get mad when you got it from somewhere else or, you know, you realize you read through the lines and figured out that this was a manipulative article. Right. Yeah. I think we need uh, more intolerance mixed with constant questioning, you know, exactly what Peter did. Even, even though he was wrong, at least he was questioning. Don't tolerate the bullshit y'all. Fight the empire, piss on your local churches, and burn all your fucking flags because they're just dumb symbols. Kick kick your uh, local racist in the in the nuts. <laughs> uh, I think that kind of wraps. Piss it on up. your local homophobe. <laughs> I'm all for it, man. Uh, I think that kind of wraps up our main topic. Uh, before we before we get out of here, did, did you want to hear a couple of these uh, dishonorables I got? I came I- across. Certainly do. I I started to read some of these and I stopped because I thought it'd be more fun if I let you read them to me. I was I was kind of hoping you I would get a chance to surprise you with them. So they're all relevant to our, our episode today and Peter shit, Peter shit. Um, so Biden ran his platform um against capital murder right on the federal level. So capital murder meaning uh, um, the, the state murdering people on death row criminals. Like death right. penalty, death shit? penalty. Okay. Yeah. Uh he ran against that uh in his presidential run, right? Mm-hmm. Uh this week he decided to flip on it and he is pro death penalty. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Big flip. He's a piece of shit. He's always gone where the wind blows. Fuck Biden. He was a shitty choice, but it's all there was, right? Yeah. So he goes for He's cool with murdering people on a federal level, right? Mm-hmm. The church, the Catholic church, because he's our second Catholic president ever. And he's like the most notably Catholic president ever. So you would think the church would be like, the Catholic church would be embracing him or kind of making like, hey, he's our guy. He's our horse in this fucking race, right? So instead of chastising him for being pro-death penalty, Right, like you'd think, maybe they would yeah. kind of be angry about that. Instead, this week, the Catholic Church put out an official statement saying that they may choose to ban him from having communion because he has a pro-choice platform. Not that he is oh pro-death penalty, but because he is pro-choice, they had a big vote with all of the top Catholic leadership. And they came to the conclusion that each local bishop may decide if they give him, Joe Biden specifically, or any Catholic follower uh, 
fucking the Eucharist. They may they may choose to deny you communion if you are a Catholic who is pro-choice. <sighs> now, to put that in perspective, literally the Catholic Church is split 50-50 on pro-choice and pro-life, right? So they literally just alienated the second Catholic president, even though they should have for different reasons, non-related to abortion, but more the straight murder of real people, not gummy bear salamander things. Um, And they just alienated half of their followers, which honestly is a very good thing because they're showing how antiquated they are and they just isolated half of their members. So I don't think it's going to have any long-term effect. No, no, but it is a very stupid thing. But I don't think it will. I agree. Um, So that's all going on, right, with the Catholic Church. Meanwhile, in Canada, they just found a mass grave of something over 200 children under a Catholic school. What in the actual fuck? Now, this actually isn't that abnormal. This has happened multiple times, but this particular case in Canada... They found the remains of 215 children uh, were found last month buried in an unmarked grave at a formal residential school, one of more than 150 institutions in a defunct system for well over a century forcibly separated indigenous children from their families to assimilate them into Canadian society. Oh, shit. The school system was operated by the Roman Catholic Church until 1619 before it was taken over by the government. But they believe these children died under Catholic rule, and it's 215 kids of indigenous children who were separated by their family. Now, I want to I want to fix because you said it was operated by the Roman Catholic Church until 1690. Oh, um, thank it's you. Ni- 1969. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, now there's a massive push for all these other. There's 150 other schools to be dug up. Now, here's the thing is both in Canada and in the U.S., this is not something new. Uh, It's not always even related to Catholics or non-Catholics. A lot of, like, children's boarding schools from this time period, uh, different disciplinary, uh, basically camps that they sent kids to, or, like, juvie kind of schools. They found mass graves under a lot of these places because if the kids didn't listen, they would just starve them or kill them. But they're... This is like a, a serious thing in Canada right now. They, they they believe more graves are located at these other schools that the Catholics run, and uh, it's a lot of a lot of fucking kids, man. Jesus Christ. Last dishonorable mention. So if it wasn't clear, fuck the church. Last dishonorable mention. If anybody is familiar with John McAfee, the founder of uh, McAfee Antivirus, he's a real fucking scumbag. He did some innovative shit, but he was a real scumbag. He was uh, he hadn't paid taxes on millions of dollars of like illegal crypto shit and like other sketchy shit he was doing on the United States. He went into international waters at one point when the U.S. wanted him. He brought guns into another country. Uh, many accusations of sexual assault, all kinds of stuff. He went to Spain um, and he was attempting to leave. This was a, like a couple months ago. And uh, the Spanish government detained him, and just yesterday they decided to uh, extradite him to the U.S. Because as like a libertarian weirdo, he decided taxes should be illegal, and he hasn't paid taxes on all his income of millions of dollars for the last five years or whatever. 
And when, and he knew he'd be fucked when he got to the U.S. because he had all kinds of other shady shit going on. Uh, he killed himself in prison either today or yesterday. And I think that's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Shouts um, out to John McAfee for killing John McAfee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it it should be noted that he um he resigned from the company uh from McAfee um in 1994. So it also you, should be noted he never used his own uh program. Oh, I didn't know that. He didn't think it was very good. He's like, "Why would I need this as long as I don't go to sketchy websites you would never need this which i think is pretty funny that is really funny it was a decent program but honestly it was just new and they were able to sell it to fucking everybody because it was the first big antivirus thing there's a couple documentaries out about them that are very worth watching um and lastly remember that the one thing you cannot say or if you do you never go to heaven it's in the bible is you can't say there's no holy ghost and I'm pretty sure there's no Holy Ghost. No, there's no Holy Ghost. Um, well, but Stephen, if there's no Holy Ghost, then what are you saving room for at the school dance? What? Do you ever? Did you ever have one of those a school <laughs> dance where they tell you, you know, you can't get too close to e- to each other. You have to dance at an arm's length away because you have oh, to save room for the Holy Ghost. I had never heard that one. I've that's only heard that good. from like movies or references to things, and I thought it was hilarious. That's some Jesus take the wheel bullshit, right? Jesus there. take the wheel. <laughs> take the wheel, Jesus. I'm drunk. Then take it. <laughs> God, uh, is, I saw a bumper sticker once that said, "God is my co-pilot," but then we crashed in the mountains and I had to eat them. Oh God, that's fucking awesome. That was really good. You got any uh, dishonorables or advice? Anything? No, these are all good. Here? Fuck the church. Fuck all the. <sighs> Fuck John McAfee. Shouts out to our artists. We'll share uh, their work later. And uh, shouts out to old Peter. Shouts out to old it. Peter. Old Peter boy. Old, old Pete. We're gonna get Peter tattoos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just. It's it's gonna be of a of a priest burning a cross <laughs> with an arrow pointing to him that says Peter. It just says Peter. <laughs> Old Pete. And a raccoon will be toasting marshmallows above the flame. And everyone's gonna think we're more fucked. <laughs> I fucking love it, man. Oh, I, I oh no, wait, 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 wait. Let me tell you about this guy. No, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks anyways, bud. You seem like a fucking crazy person. <laughs> So thanks again for listening. Uh, Thank you to Approaching Human for the use of his music. You can find his work on SoundCloud at Approaching-Human. Thanks, John. Uh, Make sure you check out the show page at TrashCatchTrashCast on Instagram for news and art from the show. Yep. Uh, You should also check out our Facebook. Um, It's doing a little bit better than our Instagram, I think. Um, Yeah. The um, also our Reddit. I know. I think we said we're not going to shout that one out anymore, but it's becoming embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad idea. I just, shouldn't have thought. Just of one it. more. Just one more person on our on our Reddit, and then we'll stop saying it. Just Some, one person join us on our Reddit, and then we can stop saying it. Reddit enough. at Trash Cats X Trash Cast. Just fucking add it, so we don't have to say it anymore. Just guys. somebody, even if you don't use Reddit, <laughs> just get on Reddit. We'll never check it. Yeah, no. I, know, I I don't either. <laughs> We'll wait. To, one of these days, it'll be worth it. We check but, it uh, once a week when, when we record and I say it and it's like, oh, yeah, we have a Reddit. <laughs> uh, if you're super bored, you can check out my uh, trashy heresiarchal. 
art. <laughs> nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. On Instagram at Skyzix, S-K-Y-Z-S-E-X. And uh, tune in next week for our episode on We Don't Know Yet, but it'll be awesome. I, it'll have, be a, I, have, a, I have a good idea. <laughs> and that's going to be all for us today. Stay classy, eat trashy. Go fast, eat trash. Honestly, dude, it's amazing we've we've managed to bang one of these out like every week for thirty weeks. I know, <laughs> it's pretty crazy, man. So We're, much shit uh, goes into these. These ungrateful fuckers have no idea how much work we put into this. These stupid fucks. <laughs> you know what? I've, I'm done. I'm done being nice. We, I think, every day we placate to these fucking idiots, and we and they they drink it up like soup. And they have no idea all the work that goes into this. Let's gradually get meaner and meaner. <laughs> <laughs>